For many of us, the idea of living off the land on our own homestead, growing our own food, raising our kids in a way that uh, is, is pure, is beautiful, is a dream. And uh, I definitely share in that, but that can be tricky, a little bit uh, challenging to achieve. But my buddy TJ has got a solution with what he's doing with real estate, and uh, man, he goes into a whole lot more. Welcome to the Sewing Prosperity Podcast with host Logan Duvall. This father of four is an Arkansas successful small business owner whose world was turned upside down with the cancer diagnosis of his then five-year-old son. As Napoleon Hill famously stated, every adversity, every failure, every heartbreak carries with it the seed of an equivalent or greater benefit. Come and join us on our journey to create a blue zone community with a focus on a holistic approach to anti-cancer, regenerative farming, and strengthening local economies. All right, TJ, I came across you on Instagram and you had some pretty interesting way of getting people into homesteading. And so I uh, reached out to say, hey, this is this is kind of right up our alley with the regenerative farming and getting people back to where their food comes from. So, uh, brother, introduce yourself and, and give us a little bit of uh, uh, an, a preview on what y'all do. Hey there, my name is TJ Visuday. I'm the founder and CEO of Axe Centralized Real Estate. We're the world's first and only company that offers a done-for-you, off-grid homesteading solution. So we specialize in helping families that have absolutely no experience whatsoever in farming uh, go from a complete suburban life where you're dependent on everything to a completely decentralized life where you have your own 10 acres of land uh, with no HOA, no interference whatsoever, but you also have a profitable homestead farming operation that is not only able to pay itself off, but also able to help you build out your own customized family compound, which is a personal neighborhood within your actual parcel of land so that you can have your own home, your kids can have homes, your parents can have homes, your brothers can have homes. You can all form your own family village around the farm that you have. So why, why do you feel like so many people have been so receptive to, to this and, and almost like that reverse uh, migration? So there's so many different factors going into it. Honestly, you know, I might be going to Kookieville here, but it's because God is calling people together. That's honestly the reason why. Um, I could go into, oh, what's this economic movement and this economic movement, blah, 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 blah. But it's like, no, no, I've talked to enough people. It's because God's people are coming together, okay? And everybody was so scared about the Great Awakening, the apocalypse, you know, all of that stuff. But the, uh, the, the real Greek translation for apocalypse is unveiling. So all cockroaches are coming into the light. And as that happens, God's people are coming together and they realize it's important to have land together, have community and return back to the original job that God gave Adam, which is to be a gardener, to be a farmer, to be a steward of the land and to be able to live in God's kingdom. So that's why people are actually getting their land. I got chills. 
Awesome. That was, uh, that was cool. Not, not the answer I was expecting, but it was, it was beautiful. What, uh, I mean, I agree. I think we're living in a time that it's been very eye-opening, people questioning uh, almost everything, especially any sort of like a traditional narrative or the mainstream narrative. And yeah. uh, so that's, that's super cool. Uh, TJ, what got me into all of this is actually our health journey. So my, I've got four kids, Lovely. but my oldest was diagnosed with stage four cancer when he was wow. five. And so wow. as, as I looked into all the facets that play, right? So the medical system, the, the mm-hmm. environment that we live in that plays into the, the food we consume, the businesses wrapped around all of those things. And then, then I own a farmer's market too. So I'm in in the more the local and the fresh and uh, world. So when you bring it all together, it keeps going back to something's not right. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and then the, the farming component, the, what we eat and the way it's raised and where it's raised and uh, the homesteading just kind of fits the bill that a lot of people are, are like earning to get to uh, this completion. So with homesteading in your mm-hmm. model, you're able to make it a lot easier to attain through yep. the almost eliminating a learning curve. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, when you read a lot of Joel Salatin's books and you go through Richard Perkins' books and you just look at, you know, the people who are doing it. Like if I look at like your content, just people who are in it, right? A good amount of it is actually learning how to set things up the right, the right way. If you actually learn how to set things up the right way, right? A lot of it is able to take care of itself. Like if you, it, like if you understand the concept behind like contours and swales, if you understand the concept behind like why you would do rotational grazing, right? A lot of it can take care of itself. It's not as involved, but for a person who doesn't know what they're doing whatsoever, they don't know how to set things up that right way. They don't even know what a swale is. They have no clue what a swale even is, right? So how are they going to do that? So when you have people who can come in who are absolute experts and let me tell you like the people we're getting are they are experts the ranch hands that we bring in um all of a sudden a lot of those difficulties that you have to learn by trial and error right you have the person who has who has had that trial and error experience be like no 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 like let's just let's just set it up this other way and that allows these families to get up and running um in general our ranch hands are incentivized in a really powerful manner right what do i mean by that so people, first off, they, they buy land with us and then we help them out get a USDA beginner farmer's loan, usually through the easy guaranteed loan program. We actually have an expert in USDA loans help people out do that. So if you look at this expert's stuff, it's, it's at Farmer Mills. It's like $850 to consult with him one-on-one on your business plan and the USDA application. $5,000 will get you uh, the business plan basically written out for you and, and the USDA loan submitted for you. We actually give that $5,000 plan for free, okay, as soon as people buy land with us. So they're getting that funding very simply, and with that funding, that covers all the uh, infrastructure, including the barbed wire, all the electric fencing, all the animals. It's 150 egg-laying hens. That's 150 meat birds that are going to be rotated three times a year, so 450 with regards to that, five cows, and then up to 10 of your choice, pigs, sheep, or goat. Okay, and six months of a ranch hand working with you already paid off. And those ranch hands are incentivized so that 
by the end of the six months, they're going to be paying for themselves by them bringing in a revenue and they will, shall be earning one sixth of the revenue they bring in to your actual franchise. Meanwhile, they're going to be helping six different homesteads. So they are making the same as the six families that they're helping out. So it's in their best interest to help you do as best as possible because they're going to be making as much money as possible as well. It's, it's the whole turnkey startup. Like it's, it's just kind of hard to wrap my mind around like because it's so, <laughs> it's so multifaceted in, in the food system and you're, you're bringing it all together with experts. It's absolutely incredible. So, uh, was uh, was your last project in Texas? Yeah, so we we are are breaking ground after after three years of me working underground in my little bat cave, right? Uh, being a nobody for a little bit. Uh, we're finally getting started with our first one in Texas. It's called Little G Ranch. We're so excited about it. This is a beautiful 492 acres of land that's been untouched for the last 50 years that we are now turning into 40 10 acre parcels. This land ran 250 head of cattle on it. So we already know it can sustain, you know, what we're doing. We're only going to have 200 head of cattle expected on, on our, on our ranch across every one of the people. So we're excited about that because the biggest thing that we get is honestly people hear what we're doing and they go man this is amazing it's got to be too good to be true it's got to be too good to be true and it's like no it's not too good to be true and uh you know after this month this is the time where i get to start bragging and laughing at people's faces being like nope <laughs> this is all real man this is all real so in in this system is are these is there a communal aspect to the agriculture or are they more siloed across the bigger project? It's the beauty of it is it's the, it's the benefit of both. That's what's so crazy about it, right? Like I, I, I love to play the game of like not being in one dichotomy or like, like I hate false dichotomies, right? So uh, let's look at the communal aspects. We have a community center. Right. It has a homeschool area. We got a shooting range. We got horse stalls. We got horse trails. We got um, a gym. We got jujitsu. We got uh, sensory deprivation tanks. Right. That's all in the community center area. Okay. But there's no HOA fees. But there's no like, you know, someone voting, you know, some, some, uh, Karen trying to say like your grass is too tall. None of that other stuff. Right. When it comes to the actual farms, you get the benefits of both because we're creating a national brand, right? Which is going to be called wanted raw and uncensored. Okay. So it's a nationally recognized brand. But at the same time, you know, you, it's your own franchise, right? Like your own, you're still operating your own business. I'm not going to be going there and telling you everything that you have to do. Like you're still the owner of your own business. So you get the benefit of that brand recognition. You don't have to reinvent the sales process. You don't have to reinvent the, the marketing process, all of that stuff. Like I've got that taken care of for you. But at the same time, you're the full owner of your own land. You're the, you're still the full owner of your own franchise business. So that's what we like to play in a, a little bit of both. So in the example that you gave, there was uh, egg chickens, right? Like so, layers that up. Behind. Yeah. <laughs> is, that, is that per? Is that per uh, ten acre lot, or yep. is that across the deal? So That's per where, ten acre lot. Where is that outlet? Where? How are you marketing that and getting that? Yeah. Uh, out. So we've created a brand called Wanted Raw and Uncensored. So uh, it's it's actually. <laughs> 
All right. So the, the story behind the brand is that when I started talking about, yeah, you know, you could actually, you know, help pay for your ranch through selling raw milk. I got a lot of blowback from it. You can't sell raw milk. It's illegal to sell raw milk. How dare you sell raw milk? Oh my God. So we created this brand to kind of make fun of it by saying like, okay, we're all outlaws. I'm wanted now for selling raw milk, right? And uh, the design of it, I saw this one beautiful post. It was kind of like this meme and it was a wanted poster for Jesus. And it said like, wanted for uh, disrupting the peace, wanted for practicing uh, medicine, medicine without a license, wanted for blasphemy, all of this other stuff, right? So he's like an outlaw on the run. So we have um, raw and uncensored milk, okay, that gets delivered directly to your door. We got raw and uncensored eggs. We got raw and uncensored uh, goat milk. So it's G-O-A-T milk, greatest of all time milk. And we have uh, raw and uncensored tallow nuggets. I'm really excited about the tallow nuggets. Uh, basically, the chicken nuggets that are completely seed oil free, okay, uh, with really, really nice high quality ingredients. So those are all examples of the brand. So you can imagine that if you have a buyer in Texas, they're getting their wanted and raw they're, they're wanted raw and uncensored products from Texas. If they're buying in Tennessee, they're getting it from Tennessee. If they're buying in Florida, they're getting it from Florida. If they're buying it in Montana, Wyoming, California, Virginia, any one of these places that we're expanding out to, they're getting it. So it's a national hyper-local brand. That's wonderful. Uh, that that local, localism is such an important aspect to break up this centralized <laughs> food system. That we, well, centralized everything. Everything's become so unbelievably centralized. A lot of the things you, you brought up, say, like with the, the tallow nuggets, right, to get away from the seed oils, it seems like uh, the Weston Aid Price Foundation is probably uber aligned with what uh, you're doing. And, I love uh, them. They're, they're awesome. And I actually just uh, interviewed Tom Cowan um, earlier this week, uh, Dr. Cowan, wow. and then Su uh, Sally Fallon Morrell uh, earlier this year. And I think that their their information is really really interesting and so like when we're, we're talking about that raw dairy that is absolutely a missing piece in the health puzzle and uh so you can't find it typically like and there's not very many people doing it uh everybody has this stigma around it that it's going to kill you when you drink it even though we've been <laughs> exactly. thousands and thousands of years it's what we've been consuming <laughs> Um, so it's just a lot of nonsense, and I, I feel that it plays into that centralized control of the food, Absolutely. of medicine, does. of big pharma. Uh, and so we can break that by participating in what y'all are doing. Uh, because yeah. like, where do we go? How, how do we live on these homesteads? How do we live in, in a way that it pays for itself? So yep. do you – how does this play out, TJ, in, say – and say 10 years, is is this 10-acre uh, piece going to be what you have believed to be a good investment uh, that you can turn around and God. get out of? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, because I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, man, like, if it, for anybody who's listening and, like, they don't believe me, like, go to horseproperties.net right now. Go to horseproperties.net right now, look up the comparables, see what it's like to get a very high-quality 10 to 15 acre fully turnkey farm with profitability you're looking easy easy the conversation starts at like 1.5 easy but we're wow. really looking at like two three four million dollars especially in the areas that we're targeting you know meanwhile what we're doing right 
if we look at it, okay, there's just so many different things that go into it. First off, we're the only company right now that is actually battling against Bill Gates and investment funds like Vanguard, Blackstone, BlackRock, and buying up these parcels of land, right? The conversation at X doesn't even start unless it's like a five, 10, 15 million dollar piece of land, which obviously most people can't afford on their own, okay? The only people who are investing, who are buying that is, is the elite, okay? So we're buying these pieces of land, and yet when we sell it, we're selling it at under market rates. Like, for example, like Tennessee, right? We bought the actual largest piece of land in Murray County, Tennessee. And then if you look at 10 to 15 acre parcels in Murray County, Tennessee, you can easily spend $365,000 to get 10 acres of land. 70% of it is covered by forest. You can't use it on the side of a mountain, okay, where, you know, you, you can barely use that. It's like sloped like 30 degrees. It's, it's garbage, Okay. Meanwhile, again, we just got the most premium piece of land and we're making it available at like $285,000, maybe $300,000 for that land. And this land is beautifully kept up. It's, it's got amazing souls. It's been untouched. <coughs> Excuse me. And so that's just getting the land purchase. But then you factor in, okay, we got wholesale deals on the solar. We got wholesale deals on the drilling. We got wholesale deals on the barbed wire, on the animals, on every single part of this whole process. That means that people can realistically, okay, invest, get their franchise up and running, use the equity of their land payment to fund the down payment of their construction, use the profits from the franchise to fund the monthly payments on their land so they can build, they can pay the whole thing off. But even if you paid it out cash, you know, maybe pay $800,000 for property that as soon as it's completed, we're already talking about two to three million dollars on the value. So again, $800,000 for what is two to three million dollars out, out in the open market. And we're not even talking about the inventory shift that's going to come over the course of the next 10 years. That's why I laughed because, you know, at the end of the next 10 years, I'm not exaggerating here when I say those properties that a person is spending total like 800,000, that's gonna be worth 10 to $15 million. That's, the, that's yeah. actually what it's gonna be worth in the next 10 to 15 years. Wow. We uh, visited with Jordan Rubin a while back and I, I, he made the comment about investing in soil and that soil yeah. is actually one of the best investments, uh, maybe even monetarily, because we're losing it. And this system seems to be like an unbelievable way of cultivating and building building soil in on top of all the other infrastructure investments you've talked about. You're completely right. So if we look at the systems that we use, we use regenerative farming practices that are chemical-free and that are as helpful to the soil as possible, right? So when a person, you know, purchases a ranch house with it, with us, it's not just the animals, it's not just the ranch hands, it's not just the infrastructure. We also install a food forest, okay? And these things work together so that the food forest is providing extra feed for, for example, the chickens. The cows are rotationally grazing, okay? 
And as the cows go through the rotational grazing, they're leaving their manure. In the manure, you have some like little insects and maggots and stuff like that, that the chickens are going through. They're eating that up and they're also eating some of the food from the food forest. The chickens are laying some, some of their own fertilizer and that goes back into the ground and that really heals the soil because now you're creating a probiotic system that cultivates the soil with all sorts of helpful bacteria. Other things that we emphasize and use uh, are things like compost teas, okay? So like a tea of compost that allow us to heal the soil up and uh, mycelium layers that are also able to help out with the growth of uh, the different forms of bacteria, the, the biodiversity within the soils there. So ultimately what we're doing with these lands is not just preserving the soils, but actually regenerating these soils and making them more viable over time. Wonderful. I I got two kind of off the wall questions for please. How how much into diet and nutrition have have you dove dove into with all this? And what do yeah. how do you uh, how, how do you eat? Yeah. So um, it's it's funny. What I actually intuitionally grew up with ended up kind of being right. So like when I grew up, I remember. Everybody giving me so much, honestly, so much crap for eating, for eating red meat, right? For eating, uh, you know, a, a, like my, the majority of my diet, red meats and things like that. And now it's going to pass. Oh, look at that. It's actually incredibly helpful for you, right? And, and instead of drinking the 2% having the whole milk, because I'd be like, no, this is creamier. This is just much better. And now people realize like, oh, wow, like, look at that. It turns out it was actually right. So everything that we do at X is, is more about trying to find ways to avoid these processed chemicals that you find in all sorts of different foods and avoiding these GMOs, avoiding all these, you know, it's not just the GMOs, right? We have to talk about all of these like, you know, insecticides that they add into it, right? That's a major issue because something can claim it's organic and still have really nasty insecticides put into it, you know? Um, so... We, we make sure that you don't have those things in your foods uh, when we have our meal prep stuff, right? Uh, this is something that we go above and beyond. When we do our meal prep, we don't deliver it in a little plastic box, right? Because you have now the PCBs from the plastic box getting into your foods. You use a wood box, right? That's a subtle shift. That's a subtle shift. So I'll describe it as a very common sense form of eating. Um, I don't really subscribe to any type of diet. Um, I, you're not going to see me like being like, I'm, I'm, uh, uh, intermittent fasting or I'm carnivore or I'm any of that other stuff. Instead, it's like, I mean, if you, if you want to see what I have right here, like I have some, um, all natural raw organic chicken and I have some eggs that my wife made me. Okay. That's what I'm going to be eating uh, later tonight. I'm going to be cooking myself a very nice dry aged ribeye with some rice. And that's going to be my meal later tonight. It makes so much sense. Uh, that that's where that's where TJ I just have, you know, kind of another influence behind all this is I read the yeah. China study right when Lander was diagnosed with cancer and it just it made me terrified of meat, you know, because there was this massive study that is supposed to be super legitimate, right? And yeah. uh, as we go through that, I think the Plant Paradox may have been the next book I read, and it made me start questioning things. And then, and then carnivore started popping up. And then yeah. I was in. It's what I told Sally. I said, you know, my only regret, Sally, is that I didn't come across your work and dive into it sooner, because mm -hmm. that's what makes so much sense. Um, you know, her nourishing traditions is is like the I think the, like the Bible of health. But 
Love it. I said all that to say, like, this is the only way us doing it ourselves, us raising our own food and, and exactly. not having all the in there. Exactly. If you really look at it, for a lot of people, for the majority of stuff, I, I really, people are going to, they're going to think that I'm just saying this because I'm the CEO of X. And I'm like, no, it's, it's actually the case. Okay. It's actually the case. The majority of issues a person has comes from lack of relationship with God, lack of faith in Jesus, okay, and, and really be living in scarcity because of that, not being in alignment with truth dilemma, which is God's will, okay, for this world and for your life, okay, that's one. And then the other major thing for most people is just the resources, right? Like actually owning your own land, actually just growing your own food, actually having no chemicals in it actually not worrying about where your money is going to be coming from, okay? If you look at a lot of marriages, okay, they're, they're, they end in divorce, why? Because of money issues? Well, why do you need the money? For resource issues, right? Or if it's not that, it's like you're arguing because there's not good leadership. It's like a lot of those leadership issues are going to be taken care of if you already have a mission and you're thinking to yourself like, okay, I'm no longer going to be hemming and hauling. Honey, here's what we're going to do. We're going to, I'm going to work my, my, my tail off and you're going to take care of the kids I'm going to make sure that we're fed and we're going to feed as many people as possible and we're going to convert other people into believers in Jesus and we're going to add them to God's kingdom. That's what we're going to do with our lives. All of a sudden, a lot of these like questions on what to do with your relationships, they're answered because it's like, okay, well, does this help me build resources? Does this help me build God's kingdom? No, it doesn't. <laughs> okay, then, well, this is a waste of my time, right? So... If you look at it, you know, people's food issues, health issues, mindset issues, motivation issues, a lot of this is simply like, you know, you're avoiding the main thing, which is get yourself to a place where you are independent and self-sustaining. Why do people give in to these agendas, right, with COVID and stuff like that? Is it because of the ideology and the science? No, not really. It's because of the resources and the money. Okay, that's really what it comes down to. If they were, you know, chilling out on their own farm, they didn't, you know, they're in their, their happy place, right? They're, it's called a position of FU, right? A position where you can just say FU to any type of influence, right? If people are an appropriate position of FU, would they really bend down to these agendas? I kind of think not. I kind of think not. But, you know, a lot of people, they'll be in their head on theory land versus just getting down, getting into the dirt and doing the necessary actions to take care of yourself and take care of your family. And at Axe, we've eliminated those excuses. That's the, that's the nasty thing about it. The good news, we made it really easy. The bad news is now you have no excuse. You can't sit there and say, oh, it's because of this or that. It's like, dude, there's a guy who sat there for three years in a dark room while everybody was telling him he's crazy, figured out all of it for you. And if you don't wanna join along with the ride, don't sit there complaining. Don't sit there complaining, blaming the Illuminati and all this other stuff because it's actually on you. Can't argue with any of that, my friend. That was uh, that was pretty straightforward, and I love it. I love it. You know, <laughs> the sowing prosperity actually comes from uh, Galatians 6-7. Uh, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever man sows, this he shall also reap. And so, like, what you're you're saying is, like, philosophically, man, I'm I'm— I'm loving it. Absolutely loving it. All right, one more, <laughs> one more little curveball for you. As interconnected of the the food system and agriculture as you are, tell me what what you would either do or what you would recommend for the Secretary of Ag to help us get over some of these nonsense hurdles and issues we've got. I got the biggest one for you. I got the, uh -oh. one of the biggest ones. 
Um, I'm very happy, and this is action you can take right now. So this is huge for Texas, okay? But it's gonna be it's gonna be soon. Like it's got to be everywhere. Right now, if you want to do meat processing, okay, you must have a USDA official right there, okay? They must be paid full time to be hanging out in the meat processing facility. This means that the only meat processing that you can have, you have to have the money and the capital, right? in order to pay for that guy who's sitting around doing nothing. Because by the way, the amount of like diseases and stuff like that that's been prevented and outbreaks and stuff like that is like zero. You get what I'm saying? So it's just a, it's just a waste of time. It's a waste of money that's there just to make it so that having these large meat processing units is something that is held for the elites, okay? So having that step where we can have decentralized meat processing and also go down to like decentralizing the milk processing, all the processing of all this food, that changes everything. Because right now, the majority of the dollar that goes out to to a farmer, okay, unless they're doing direct-to-consumer sales the way we do at Axe, right? Because like, you know, for the people franchising with us, they have me to help them out. And I'm one of the world's greatest marketers. So like, I'm able to just, you know, get that stuff done. But for the average farmer who doesn't have that, it's a major struggle. So they're making maybe like not even 10 cents on the dollar because they have to pay the extra meat processors, pay the distributors to all this other stuff. You see what I'm saying? So by taking that, that one piece of the puzzle and lowering those requirements, allowing people to be able to process things on their own, that increases the profitability for every one of these farmers, incentivizing people to be able to continue forward with this stuff. Now, realistically, right? What, what's going on politically? Like who's, who's getting paid off, right? So like, I do have to ask the question like, hey, the Secretary of Ag, like who's paying you off? You know, like who are you involved with, right? What lobbying is going on from Monsanto and all this other stuff? That's the other part of this whole thing, right? Because we don't get to that conclusion of, hey, let's take out this USDA thing and let's take out all these other things that are getting in the way until we start making moves where we have politicians who are held accountable and not getting these incredible payoffs from these major corporations to further their agendas. But, you know, that's that's an issue that's been there since like, you know, ancient Greece and even ancient Rome. So, you know, I, I don't know if that's going to be ending anytime soon. That's why you have to rely on God and we have to rely on Jesus and we can't be relying on the voting system. Amen. Amen. I think that that's, that's perfect. And I agree wholeheartedly. The, the processing is such a bottleneck, just, just, it's horrible. Uh, so I agree with you wholeheartedly. What do you, what do you think about all of the, uh, you know, technocrats or foreign countries coming in and buying up our farmland? Yeah, it's terrible. It's terrible. And as I said, you know, Axe, we're, I, I, I have yet to see something else, but we are the only ones who have had a solution to really be able to battle them. And I'll tell you, man, these are battles. Like, I've had it where, for example, not within the same week, man, within the same week, $10 million cash moved against me, okay? So uh, when we first started Axe, I would put up some videos, and I thought that we would do like a market test and basically have people come out to a property visit. And after the property visit, we would then move forward with the deal, right? Well, we would, we would put it up online and market it. We had uh, two videos go viral. One of them, 200,000 views. The other one, like half a million views. 24 hours before the property visit, all cash offer on those properties. One of them, a $2.5 million property. Another one, an $8 million property. All cash. When these properties had been sitting there, for 300 days, 400 days, okay? So you mean to tell me that like, it's just been chilling there for 300, 400 days until magically 24 hours, twice within the same week before one of our property visits? 
who has the who has the money cash to move two and a half million dollars and eight million dollars in under 24 hours right that's what i'm trying to say about like this is real it's an actual battle it's an actual war okay and so we're going out and we're buying these lands and we've made the moves now and we have the momentum now where because of the amount of people that we have involved in this project, we're able to snatch up these lands. And what people see now, if they think that this is big now, just get ready till 2024. The, people's jaw will drop. After this call, man, I want to be able to show you, Logan, what I'm talking about, the lands we're going after. Your jaw will drop. I'm not exaggerating. Okay? But... We make sure that the only people who can buy land with access centralized real estate are families, not, not huge investment funds. So if you're coming in with, um, you know, blah, blah, blah investment fund, which I get an offer every single day, I'm, I probably turn down minimum $50 million of investment money, minimum $50 million, okay, um, from all these different investors. I've turned all of that down so that the only people who can buy land with Axe are families. Families that intend to actually use it the right way. Keep fighting, brother. I love it. We're going to do everything we can to support you. Where, where do we go to learn more? Where do we send people uh, to, to get involved? Um, you know, if not directly with you, just, just hey, let's, let's think yeah. about these things. Yeah, so go to our page. Uh, follow us at... Acts D real A C T S D E R E A L except no imposters. We've had so many different people try to pose as my business, pose as me. They use my wedding photos, the photos of my children, try to impersonate me, try to scam people out of crypto. So uh, do not interact with any of these fake pages. It's at A C T S D E R E A L. No underscores, no none of that. You can watch our videos, and then when you're interested. Click the link in our bio, okay? Go to uh, axdreal.com and watch our FAQs. I might be the only CEO of a over $100 million company that has sat down and personally made a 135-question frequently asked questions video series. So I will literally sit there for 135 of the biggest questions that you might have, answering questions as specific as, well, how do you get mail on one of these properties? And how do you get trash on one of these rural properties? And how do you deal with disputes? And how do we deal with fire? And how do we deal with EMS? And how, do, how does rotational grazing? I, I give all that information for free. So watch the FAQs. And if you're still not convinced by the FAQs, then I'm not going to try to sell you. I'm not going to try to convince you. You might not be emotionally mature enough to join Axe. I love it, TJ. And thank you so much, buddy. Uh, we'll have to have to get something going in Arkansas at some point too. But, yeah, uh, man. Thank, thank you, TJ. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me as a guest. Thank you for listening to the Sewing Prosperity Podcast. We hope that you have learned something new and that you are inspired to adopt regenerative practices in your community. Remember that by working together, we can create a sustainable and abundant future for ourselves and for future generations.